This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. Let me uh, welcome Mr. Samuel Reynolds. He is the founder of Unlock Astrology. He is an astrologist. He is a humanist. I'm going to say that as well. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and we're going we're to talk today because... I feel like not just unlocking astrology, I need people to unlock their lives, right? And I'm on a mission for everyone who's watching and listening to free themselves. You know, we all were brought up with these really hard mores, a lot of us inculcated into religion and all of these things. And we have very definitive ways in which we see the world, which doesn't necessarily serve our free lives. And uh, astrology is one of them. There are people that go to church every Sunday and they go to their horoscope and they have this conflict because they think that that's devil worship, but then they go to church and then they're struggling because every day they can't wait to see their horoscope. So I wanted to talk to you, Samuel, over a period of time about this thing called astrology. Is it witchcraft? Is it incongruent to my my walk with Jesus Christ, with my, my love of God? And what is it exactly? So let's start more so with is it incongruent with religious and spiritual life right and i'll start with the personal because i don't like to sound like an egghead and go toward the intellectual before i start with what i know i know so what i know is that astrology brought me back to god because i had been been an atheist. Well, first, my journey started with being a minister and going into the ministry at 12 years old. I preached my first sermon on September 28, 1980, at New Zion Missionary Baptist Church in Buffalo, New York, on my mother's birthday. And um, so it was like a gift to her. And I stayed in the ministry until I couldn't stay in the ministry because I had too many questions. Um, And when I say I had too many questions, I had too many questions about the church. I had too many questions about Christianity. I was in college reading that, you know, the words I had identified and read as Jesus's words may not have been exactly Jesus's words in the Bible. So I had a whole bunch of questions that left me, left me wandering more toward what became atheism around 19 years old. So pretty much walk back, walk back for a second, because, you know, there's always an entry point. You know, I always call it the Paul to Damascus moment where you have this like, aha, like one and one, wait a minute, this doesn't add up. You know, what was, do you remember that moment or was it a gradual, like, just- it was a gradual, it was gradual, but uh, how I can just, des- how I've described the, that walk toward it is first I lost faith in my church. And when I say I lost faith, specifically in my church. I meant literally the church I moved to. I left New Zion, went back to the church I grew up in, Revelation, and they were booting the minister out. So they had booted him out. And I was like, okay, why, why, you know, why did that happen? You know, I, I didn't think men of God would veer away from that. Um, I was young, right? Just idealistic. And then I was with um, another minister who was a great man, but 
you know, now in retrospect, I can see he was treating me appropriately as a child. I had a lot of responsibility. I was uh, giving sermons. I was the associate pastor. And I also was teaching Sunday school, but he decided to pull me back. And I didn't like that. So I was upset with that. Went to another church, didn't really connect to that church. It was my mother's church. She had gone to another church. So the first crack was not feeling connected to the community. Then it became easy by virtue of that, not you know coming separate from the church to start questioning the theology, which is what happened when I went to college. And I was even, you know, I went away to college and went to Syracuse University undergrad. And so I was away from Buffalo, away from my home, away from that church. So it became easy to kind of slip out of, you know, being able to ask other people questions. And once those questions got large related to the Bible, related to God, related to learning about in Egypt that the story, the stories of Horus parallel the story of Jesus in many ways, all those different things. I was like, wait, what, what is this then, Christianity? So pretty much by the time I got to grad school at 21, I was an atheist and stayed that way until roughly around 33 years old. And yay to Jesus, look at that. <laughs> that was my resurrection year. So during that time, I found astrology. I want, to, I want to have a conversation. You know, we like, there, there are many people watching right now and it's like, me too, me too. You know, what's this Horus thing? You know, Horus, what is Horus? You know, I know for me, when I learned that Amen-Ra was a, a god in Egypt and I was like, we say Amen. I'm like, hey, you know, and, and it allows you to discount everything. Do you know what I'm saying? Because if yeah. this isn't true, then this can't be true. And then this can't be true. So then what am I? What am I, what am I doing here? That's, that's pretty much, I mean, I skipped one important moment when I was dealing with the theology. I went to um, the, the teaching assistant's uh, office during office hours and started asking questions, pointing questions. And I had one of those moments, it wasn't with the Egyptian stuff just then, but one of those moments was like, well, if that isn't true, then this isn't true. And if this isn't true, and he and I started going through, it and he he did a remarkably wise. I wish I could remember his name. Wise things that stop. What you're about to do is unravel your whole faith, and that could be a problem for you, right? Meaning, what I understand now, reading between the lines, it could become a mental health issue for you, right? So why don't you stop taking any religious classes or religion classes for a semester? and then think about it and then come back. And that's what I did. And it was a remarkably helpful thing. Because if I had kept pulling that string, I mean, the whole sweater of my mind would have kind of come unraveled. So I exactly know what you mean with that. Now, going back to your question with Heru, which is his comedic name, Egyptian name, Horus, is his more Greek name. And then the same thing for Amun-Ra is that there are the stories from ancient Egypt that document like the first family, Asar, who we call Osiris, Aset, who we call Isis, and then Heru, who we call Horus. And that family and its development in relation to human history, but also in terms of divinity. So they were the original, <laughs> you know, mother, father, and son, 
or Holy Spirit, Father and Son, all those different ways in which we understand now the parallels to Christianity. And Amun-Ra was the chief God among them, the unseen, the unmanifest, by which, yes, we do close our prayers, both in Arabic and Arabic Hebrew, with Amin and Amen. So, but there's a deeper question I hear in your question, which is like, well, then is Egypt then the more authentic story for Black people, for us? Like, should we then just abandon Christianity and go for, you know, Egyptian ideas? And some people have taken that path. Some people question even being in the church and say like, why well, should, you know, leave that? Because I mean, that's kind of things I wrestle with. So I have an opinion. My opinion is that we're dealing with source. Whatever you want to call source, the Egyptians called it Amun-Ra, all the names that I documented and just talked about that you can read in other books by John G. Jackson, uh, Sheikh Anta Diop. Um, you can read different books that document the stolen legacy by George D.M. James. Um, you can read these particular books that document the names and the stories of ancient African civilization like Egypt and say like, well, that's the authentic. But they were still hooked into a source. And what we know is that even there are older stories and stories older into the hinterland of Africa that's older than them with different names. So if you're trying to get to source, then it's just about directly plugging into source. And you can do that through any particular tradition, any particular religion. So you don't have to leave Christianity. You might have to leave your church if they're getting trifling and they're not really about connecting to source. But to think like, oh, well, you know, they're just all hogwash or blah, blah, blah. One of the problems I have with it, and this is something I, I highlight related to astrology, so I will get back to what I do, but um, one of the problems I have with people who just wholesale abandon religion without really thinking about more their spiritual walk is that it is important to have a spiritual walk and some community and place of accountability. Because you can just make up your own things you know, make up your own religion, make up your own tradition and be totally beholden to yourself. But in terms of, you know, religion comes from this need to kind of share and create a dynamism that goes beyond just your household. So, you know, who's going to keep you accountable related to the things that you even honor, right? Or even just in terms of discussing these things, you know, or working out the theology related to it or the spirituality of it. So people, many people say like, well, I'm on a spiritual walk. I'm just spiritual. Cool. But you know, it's interesting. I don't know if this has been your experience. Sometimes the people who say they're just spiritual are some of the most unethical people I've ever met. And that's because, you know, they can be along their walk, but nothing, um, no text, no tradition, no other sets of people keep them accountable. So I do see there's, there's benefit in religion, but I think the, the essence of dealing with a spiritual walk is really being attuned to source. We're, we're having this conversation in this space because of what you just said about community. You know, I feel like as black people in particular, as people in general, because I, I really, my, my ultimate goal is for us to get to that human 
space in all of us. Like we're all people and this racial construct just really limits our ability to live our full lives, all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we can get there, we first got to deal with ourselves. You That's know? true. I feel like the, the, the damage that 400 years of bondage here and all of the misinformation willful has done to us and the insertion of a religion with the express purpose of keeping us in line. You know, when Nat Turner read that Bible, he saw something different, which is the important thing, like unlocking the the origin, unlocking the source is it should be the goal for everybody, right? Yes. How do we get here? Why are we here? But then we need to talk about what does community look like and accountability. We are in a lawless world where people hold on to a Bible that they don't adhere to. None of the words in that Bible, you got evangelicals talking about abortion and don't give a damn about these kids once they come out of that room. Mm-hmm. We got people in the streets right now stabbing people, rioting over a religion, a cult of Trump, you know, a cult of politics, right? Uh, and and they they put, lay hands and they think this person's the Messiah, but like, what are they? We, like, there's so much upside downness. And I need us to get right on this thing. We're all human beings. And the, the, the common tenet in all quote-unquote religions is love. And what yes. does love look like? Well, love means I love you enough to tell you that the things you're doing, they're harmful to us. And love means I'm going to receive that if I tell you you're going to receive it and then do something about it, right? You're not yes. just going to double down on, I just feel like doing this. And until we can get to that point, I think we everything else, we're trying to build plans for a future will we'll end up rudderless and not really happening so this is important and that's how i came to astrology ultimately because what i realized you know especially in the community in which i i was when i discovered astrology for myself um i was in an afrocentric community i was pursuing my master's and phd in philadelphia at temple university with malifi kete asante as my mentor and I had changed my name. Um, and so I came to identify a certain way. And I realized as I got in trouble in my department, when I say I got in trouble, I started questioning some of the ideas that Dr. Asante was advancing, some notions. And what I came to realize is that we could change our names, we could change our you know, sense of self and how we dress, but dealing with our personal traumas, dealing with our pain, rather than like, you know, the idea of the collective becomes really where we have those key points of transformation. And astrology, I saw as absurd as I saw it at the time. And I did see it because I, I came to it as a skeptic. So I thought this is the greatest BS I've ever seen in my life, right? But one thing I couldn't discount, it seemed personal. It seemed intimate. And one of the problems and in, in, in challenges of religions and ideologies alike is that they know how to deal with the big picture, but the little picture of who you are usually is laid by the wayside and how you come to a dialogue of knowing who you are and engaging your ish. That is the power of astrology. So the more I got into astrology, I even wrote in my journals, I I said, this becomes a way, especially with Black people, to engage our pain on intimate personal levels 
um, beyond just the therapeutic models that comes from our traditions and our histories, right? That we can move toward wholeness and understanding. So that's how I really deepened my appreciation for astrology, exactly what you're saying, so that you can go from the inside out back into community. Now, that's still a continuous process. You know, just because I'm an astrologer, just because I study astrology, teach it, you know, and counsel it means that I have resolved all my ish. I have not. But I have a dialogue, I have a language through astrology by which I can come to engage and then deal with a larger community. I want to um, just thank you as well. You know, when I reached out to you, you know, I invited you on my, my radio show. You've been on several times. And I'll have you on on a quote unquote foolishness Friday because I realized the sensitivity that people have with, uh, you know, with astrology being witchcraft, you know, like th there's that notion out there. So I put it in a, on a day where I felt that people would, you know, have folly with it. At the same time, you know, having talked with you, I knew that this was very serious. So it was almost like, you know, uh, a Trojan horse where I'm going to offer up this folly, but I want to tap, tap, tap on people's like what they believe so that we can start to break it down and build mm -hmm. it up, right? So I'm glad that you said that too. You know, the you came to it as a skeptic, you know, and this space for me is freedom. I need you to be free from all of the chains that bind you, your parents, you know, your religion, race, you know, money, all of the things that, that keep us from living our best lives. I want to unlock that here in this space. So you coming in, you know, even my producer was like, oh, a you know, like this is a bull crap, you know? And then he was like, I could do what he's doing. I was like, no, but you can't. No, but you really can't. So, so talk about the math of it, the science of it a little bit so that it's, you know, and, and let's talk a little bit about the notion that it could be witchcraft. Cause I had a conversation recently with somebody and I said, you know, it, we're, we're okay with Jesus turning water into wine and raising the dead and feeding thousands of people with two little fish and five loaves of bread. The magic of that, we, we see it, we accept that magic, but the other types of magic, like we don't have the ability when Jesus said, if you believe that Bible, we can do greater things than he's done. And even the disciples came to him and it's like, why can't we raise the dead? Well, you have no faith, you, you, you have little faith. It's there, you know, the mysticism of life is there. The ability to conduct, you know, to, to control elements and things is there. It starts with you though, are you a good person? Are you good? Are you doing it to help? Or are you doing it to harm? Are you doing it for your self-aggrandizement right. and personal achievement? Or are you doing it to help humanity? And I think the intent is everything. Talk a little bit about so, that. So, yeah, even in the tradition, you know, when I say in the tradition from sage and older astrologers, even from the 17th century and older, you know, from Hellenistic times before, astrologers talk about intention. And they talk about not just intention related to the craft, but the idea of the person and seeking wholeness and wanting to strive for the best. So I, before I get into talking about the math, the science, quote unquote, the art related to it, I wanna address head on and not bury the lead, which is, well, how is it not witchcraft? What becomes the distinction? And I, I love the analogy related to at least one prophet um, with Jesus, but I want to go back to an older prophet, Musa, Moses, right? 
because Moses brings up an interesting dialogue, especially in that story and that myth, especially when he, he appears before Pharaoh and he throws down his staff. And then the viziers for the Pharaoh throws down, throw down their staff. So there's two moments where the same thing is happening. So which one is magic? Which one is miracle? Which one is real, right? So what distinguishes those two? And that becomes an interesting parallel for understanding astrology. So here's my way in on that. I think there is a way, largely astrology functions by observing the cycles of the heavens as correlated to what can manifest or what does manifest on earth. That's literally as above, so below, as within, so without, as the cosmos, so the soul. That's literally the ancient aphorism related to what astrology is and how it works. So on that level, it's more spiritual and at the same time psycho spiritual both in relation to the soul and the larger sense but it would be folly and i don't think completely honest on the behalf of the astrologer to say well there's no way it's witchcraft because it depends on the intention and it depends on not just the intention but the mechanics of it so if a person is not a person of faith and more just seeking power, you know, just kind of lay out things like Hitler had astrologers, right? Mm. This is documented. The Third Reich had people steeped into the occult and astrology. So you could be using astrology as the best days to kill people, right? You could be using, and then you're just thinking about astrology in relation to raw forces, which are present and documented in the Bible, right? What are those raw forces? Some call them demons, spirits, principalities, however you want to embrace them, but they're not the divine. So there is a way by virtue of intention matched with particular, you know, either you could do supplications or you could just like not believe in dealing with the idea of God and just use the, the energies of the cosmos. But a righteous astrologer or a person along the path of righteousness in general uses that same knowledge with an aspect of faith, right, re regarding a divinity. So they may not do certain things. They may not engage like, oh, yeah, I know when this person was born. So I'm going to set it up that, you know, set up a particular thing to happen that it works in their worst benefit or it works to their worst detriment, then how do you answer to your God doing that kind of maliciousness in any particular religion? So that would be witchcraft, you know, in that sense. So it's a matter of intention. So the intention of those viziers to the Pharaoh was to shame Moses because they didn't believe in the divinity other than the Pharaoh. So they were what we would say are infidels, right, in a, in a sense. So there is a way in which astrology can function apart from faith, from spirit. And it would be foolish to say like, no, it's all spiritual. It depends on m the measures of intentionality and what you, you supplicate in terms of looking, directing your energy. Would you say, um, so I, I, I want people to have as many tools in their toolbox as possible, right? To build whatever life mm -hmm. Would you say that astrology is a tool? And then what do you say to people who say, um, 
well, you, you shouldn't know the hour of the day. You should, you know, you shouldn't play God, you know, like by, because you can steer things based on what you know, right? And then I'll offer to you, you know, knowledge is power, right? So do we not read to gain more not? Do we not know things so that we can make better choices? Do you, do you put astrology in that as just one more tool? It's one more tool. It's ways in which you can read signs. And here's my, again, my opinion. I don't think anyone can play God. And that's the deception. And that's the trap that leads more toward evil. Because I even had an astrologer once say to me, a black astrologer, which was a shame. He would say, he, he said, I use astrology to see the mind of God, which I thought was an incredible act of hubris. I was like, how do you see the mind of God? Now, here's something interesting about the same astrologer. This astrologer has been brought up on charges and arrested for theft and for staying, you know, I don't know what it's called when you kind of um, end up not loitering, but you um, stay in someone's home. Um, squatting. Yeah, thank you. Wasn't coming to me today. Yeah, he was squatting. You know, so this is some man who, like, you know, he charged somebody $300 for what looks like a computer computerized report. So, you know, like, if you're tapped into the mind of God, why are you getting arrested and kind of stealing from people, right? It means you're not. Why did you see that coming? Why did you know you were going to get arrested? <laughs> right. You know, or why, how did you not avoid that? Or why didn't you avoid it? I mean, which always is a question that comes up with astrologers. Like, how did you die? Well, you know, like, well, maybe it was just my time. So we don't have that power, right? So what, what kind of power do we have? We have the power to read signs and be able to see along a certain parameter what might likely to be happening. We have the power of probability. But certainty impossibility, meaning that certainly something's going to happen. No astrologer has that, right? In terms of like, I know most astrologers, if they're going to be honest with themselves, like I'm 85% correct. I'm, you know, maybe there's some that out there 90, 95, nobody is at 100%. So to say that we can play God and no, we don't, we can't have that power, but we can look, look like, like weathermen, like meteorologists and, say like, oh, here's this particular thing that's likely to happen based on these particular configurations. Um, so for instance, astrologers, several of them wrote about the, the, the kerfuffle that happened with our election, right? In terms of Mercury going direct and they knew that was gonna be some issues. I mean, someone you know, wrote about it from 2018. I was reading about them. So. How do we know that? Well, we could look at the particular signs and guess and infer the likely meanings based on what we know. That's that's all we can do. So let's go back to your journey. Um, you came in. Why would you come into astrology to discount it? Why even pursue that as a goal? Um, a couple different reasons. One. One of the things I didn't say in my journey, especially starting with faith, was that I didn't really understand astrology, so I had spent time preaching against it. And one of the reasons why I didn't understand astrology is that my birthday is November 22nd, which is on the quote unquote cusp between Scorpio and Sagittarius, right? 
So by virtue of it being on this cusp, whenever I would read the different delineations for Scorpio, Sagittarius, I could relate to both. And so rather than like, oh yeah, you know, I'm both, you know, I was like, this is BS, right? This is just like some means of like kicking around meanings. I didn't understand the meanings and depth behind it. So, um, so that was one thing that carried forth and I always had a certain reservation toward astrology proper, not tarot. I thought that was fun, not numerology, thought that was very interesting. Was very interesting. But for whatever reason, I hated astrology. And then the other thing is I went to, you know, kind of more like anthro, anthro, um, anthropological research. I would go to different diviners. And back in the day before she became known as Iyanla, right? I knew her as a priestess of Abatala in Philly. I would go to her talks and she was, and she is still authentic. You know, she was herself, but I would go to her, her meetings. I would go to see different um, Babalaos and, you know, got different varieties of things. But I was always fascinated by the sheer variety of kinds of readings. So I was still skeptical. And remember, I was an atheist at this point. So I was just like, I don't know what this is. So when I went to the astrologer and he gave me this profound reading, and one particular part of it, they started talking about things that happened before I was born. And even then, you know, if I've, I've gone to other astrologers, I'm an astrologer myself, I don't know if I would have said the same things and neither have they said the same things. But it was a moment, I think, a real intervention, divine intervention, where he was able to break through because he said something specific that I had only learned two months before. So when he said that, I was like, how do you know that? You know, I broke my facade because I was like real chill and just listening. Mm -hmm. You know, because he said what I said, I, he said things that I thought were dumb initially. Let me explain. So he said, but I kept to myself. He said, um, well, it seems like you're a pretty smart dude, blah, blah, blah. You know, you know, looking at you pointed to the chart, you know, but I had told him I'm in a PhD program at Temple. Chances are I'm not an idiot, right? So I'm like, okay. This is this is great. And he said, like, well, you may, you know, have had some problems. Your mom may have had some in uterine problems with you in terms of birth defects or issues. I'm 4'11. And, you know, I mean, that's not hard math to kind of deduce that maybe something was pro a problem with me. Right. So I'm like, but it was when he said, like, oh, something happened with your mother and your and your father along with and your brother was involved and some kind of thing when she was carrying you. What do you mean? And he was like, well, you know, maybe he said something and that complicated. Well, I have no problem saying this because we're just having a conversation that was public and I'm going to write about it. So my father um, was creeping and my brother reported, you know, and that put my mom in a tailspin while carrying me, which complicated the pregnancy on, you know, depression. And she got sick um, and that complicated the, the pregnancy and whatever. I'm not blaming my mom at all. It's just like, you know, how things happen, but that, that he could even reference that with that level of specificity. And it was like, how did that happen? So that was, that's what set me flowing. I was like, there must be a trick. How, right. how what, what, what was that? Like, Cause I've been to lots of readers at that point. I have been to lots of readers and they're not usually that specific. You know, they say some, some things that are specific related to like, you know, 
can't deal with crazy people. Like one said that to me, or, you know, people who are insane, which I, I'll get to that another time. Um, but all these other things they would say never felt like that, never landed like that. So that's what sent me flowing. Then the, the next thing that happened is I was telling someone in my building about my experience having gone to the astrologer and you know, I was curious about it and I was laughing about it. I was like, I don't know how this works. She's like, oh, I have some books on astrology. Oh yeah, okay, let me borrow your books. And when's your birthday? Oh, November 22nd, November 22nd, when? November 22nd, 1967, the same year I was born. And I was like, whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait. I just missed someone out of all the people I can meet who's born the exact same year and date as I was born? Message. So I was like, okay, I can't deny this. I'm going to get her books. I'm going to read. I started reading. Um, I started eventually, I got a program, a computer program doing the charts of friends, but all with the eye of them saying like, nah, that's not true or whatever. But they would say like, how'd you know that? Oh my God. But I'm like, what is this? And I kept doing that. And I kept moment waiting for that moment of, you know, disrepute, you know, like, no, blah, blah, blah. It, it didn't come. So after 10 years of that, and then when I was debating another skeptic, and he asked me, he was like, do you really believe it though? I was like, yeah, I, I think I do. And that's when I knew that I was, you know, into astrology fully, even though I had gotten books reading, but I always had this eye, like, I'm going to find the trick. I never found the trick. Let's stop there um, because we're going to go on a journey and um, I, I want to thank you again for trusting me to do this with you. Uh, I've never had a reading in my entire life. Uh, I am still a skeptic. I'm Good going for to you. just say that. Um, and I don't know if it lines up with where I am spiritually. So this is as much uh, exploration for me as it is also uh, a sense of freedom and unlocking it for others. I'm unlocking it for myself as well. Wonderful. Um, so what I'd like to do over these sessions that we do is to like break down each sign, you know, talk about traits and things and then come back around compatibility, come back around, talk about proclivities um, and, and just really, you know, break from this. And if people want readings from you, I'll drop a link. Um, I'll drop a link with your with your. Uh, well, tell them. Tell them. Well, yeah, they can find me at unlockastrology.com, and then there's a little thing um, that comes up, or it says contact. It's blue. You can click on that. Book a session. Um, I want to tell people in advance right now, depending on when you're. I'm booked up for a few months. Uh, it's been a busy time. You know, um, it's been a busy time. And uh, so be patient. be patient, you know, if some people are like, well, I need to see you, you know, tomorrow or whatever, that's not going to happen. And, you know, one other thing I want to tell people, because they, they get confused, because when I do it on the radio, they think it's going to be free or whatever. It's not free, right? You know, um, I think true to the tradition, both in terms of whether we're talking about Babalao and Ifa and other traditions in our continuum, you know, there's some measure of, I won't say a sacrifice, but something that you give in order to get, right? Um, and some people are like, oh, that's just about the money, that's the hook. 
what it is, it's a level of investment. Like, do you want to receive what you're getting? Because some people don't take seriously, but they get casually. That is true. Uh, and I'm not benefiting from this financially with you. You know, some, like there's, uh, and listen, I, we have a reason to be skeptical. You know, <laughs> as black people, um, folks prey on us in a way to come into our neighborhood, set up businesses and treat us like trash. They, you know, people in our own faith, you know, like p pastors are driving Bentleys and everybody in the congregation is broke. You know, like we, we have this, we pay our tithes religiously and, you know, seem to still be in the same condition generationally. And I feel like in many ways, we don't question enough. We don't. We don't. I mean, so and you know, one of the things I do as being participatory in a second faith has given me a lot of perspective, right? And, you know, because there are things that I have thought about and seen related to our first faith, which I think on some level you are still adjacent to, right? Christianity. Um, what I can say as a Muslim and a Black Muslim is that in many ways it's almost the opposite in the, the Black Muslim tradition than it is the Christian tradition, but it's the same. There's still this uncritical gaze. What I mean by that, you know, Muslims, Christians at least have a place where, you know, burial, not just burial plots, but cemeteries where they can go and bury. Many Muslims don't even have a place, like a whole cemetery that they own. They don't own their own buildings. There aren't a, a, a lot of mega mosques, right? You know, most, what I might say, just to be brutal, is that most Muslims, I don't, you know, as a collective, I don't mean individually, are broke, right? And I mean, even in mosques, you know, just barely hanging on. You know, the mosque that I used to go pray to in Brooklyn, pray in in Brooklyn, was founded by Al Haj Malik Al Shabazz, right? And they've now gone more Sunni in terms of tradition, but they were always clinging on by their nails. So where is this coming from? What was the problem? It's the same kind of mentality, like, well, we just follow along, do the Sunnah, you know, and not enough critical thinking and bringing in the tools and skills that they learned elsewhere to have benefit for us. So that's kind of the thing that we need to make as a people, a deeper transition. And that's learning these different things. And it's about building, right? With, with everything. I look at the pyramid since we were talking, we started with Egypt, I wanna end in Egypt. You know, uh, my vision for everything is the pyramid of Giza. You know, it's still standing. And it had it had the stars, you know, it used the stars to, to chart mm -hmm. the course of how that thing was gonna be built. The foundation was set broad. It was it was architectured and, and built by the, by the hands of the people. And we, you know, we call them whatever, you know, but it was a collective. And it was a collective that took vision and is still standing. And I think all of us need to build individual pyramids in our lives and make sure that that's the sound structure that we use to build everything that we want to see happen. So that, I want to share something with you with that. That, 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 just to close out with that also in terms of astrology, I tell my students that the power of astrology also can be seen in terms of number and specifically the numbers three and four. Why is that relevant? You know, three times four is 12. The zodiac, um, three times three plus four is the seven planets, key planets we use. But in relation to the pyramid, three points with a base of four. 
right? So it's the same mystery. It's the same point. It's the same idea. So. I'm gonna end it on there because that, that there are no mistakes. And this is what I feel like we're, um, we're divinely made. So why aren't we living divinely? You know? Hey. Uh, thank you for, for taking this journey with me, Sam. Thank I, you. I feel, you know, uh, by the end of it, maybe I'll get a reading if you're not busy, you know, maybe seven months. I'll make room for you. Maybe. I haven't committed yet, but I, I'm grateful. And I respect that, by the way. I respect that. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'll go in another time. You know, some people who come into astrology, like blah, 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 and they believe they're so woo. And sometimes I feel disconnected from a lot of Black people in astrology because they're so woo. And I'm not as woo. So no, you're not, but you, 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 you're the truth. So, um, every time you come on, people have been crying and carrying on. I was like this, I don't know. I don't know, but you haven't been wrong yet. And I, I just want, I want to go through this very surgically. And, uh, so y'all, uh, hit the like button, share this. Uh, this is going to continue. Samuel Reynolds is amazing. Unlock astrology. Thank you. Check them out. I'll put all of the books too in the in the description. Let me thank you for being here today. Thank you.